Welcome to the Improvement for Imbeciles podcast, where I share ways in which I'm getting my shit together so that you can get your shit together. I'm your podcast host, Natalie Etched, and let's get into it. This was my surprise for the new year, so surprise, I have a podcast. I want to say a special thank you to all my new and my old supporters. You guys have really blown up my channel in the past month, and I'm just so grateful because I wouldn't be able to have this podcast if it weren't for you guys. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about how I am an imbecile, you are an imbecile, and we are all imbeciles, and we must embrace it. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Natalie, why are you starting off your self-improvement podcast being degrading? Why are you calling people stupid? Hold on, okay, give me a second. I first want to start talking about my experience with self-improvement as a whole because when I was coming up with the concept for this podcast, I was going through extreme imposter syndrome. I get a lot of YouTube comments asking me, why are you posting about self-improvement? What's your motive behind making these videos? And I understand that that's a valid question because I am in my early 20s. I don't know everything about self-improvement. And initially, when I got this inspiration to start a self-improvement podcast, I was dealing with the repercussions of my own limited perspective. I felt like I wasn't good enough to talk about self-improvement because I have limited life experience. I'm in my early 20s. I'm still figuring things out. And so naturally, I compared myself to other people who have self-improvement podcasts, and they were always at a certain place in life. Either they were a million, they were in their 30s, they were talking about marriage. I don't know, a lot of things that I couldn't necessarily relate to as a young person who's going through different experiences and growing up in a completely different generation. I also felt this immense pressure of like, I have to have everything figured out to have a podcast. You know, I have to have a studio, I have to have a professional camera, I have to have a microphone. And yes, I have the microphone, but I'm literally recording this on my iPhone and in my car. I felt like I had to have everything figured out and I had to portray myself online as this person who was knowledgeable about self-improvement, which not that I'm not knowledgeable about self-improvement, it's just I don't know everything about self-improvement. I'm still learning. And that's exactly why my saying is this is where I share ways in which I'm getting my shit together so that you can get your shit together because the things I share with you guys, it's actually things I've gone through or am currently going through. Like these are my real life experiences. And I'd say my most important value to me is authenticity. Like everything I do, I want it to be authentic to myself. And I felt like coming on and sharing a self-improvement podcast with you guys where I acted like the advice I share is complete fact. The advice I share is what you need to follow because I know better than you would be completely and utterly inauthentic to me. So when I was thinking of the name, I thought about my entire experience with self-improvement, which I'm going to go into later in this podcast, but I was thinking of my experiences with self-improvement and how social media markets self-improvement as if it's linear, as if it's a straight shot to success when it's absolutely not. I thought of my experiences with feeling like I had to fix myself and feeling like if I wasn't working on myself, then I was worthless. I I thought about all of these experiences going into making a name for my podcast. And the only thing I could think about was how I don't want to give the impression to other people that I know better than everyone. And this sounds cheesy, but there's also a sentimental aspect to the word imbecile because me and a friend of mine in high school would always use that word. It was a running inside joke between us 
us and we'd be like oh my god imbecile like if we did something stupid we'd be like i'm an imbecile like that's literally what we would call ourselves so not only was the name catchy but it also deeply resonated with me because i don't want to come on here as your podcast host and act like i know everything and act like my advice is to be studied like the bible because it's absolutely not i'm sharing things with you guys that i can genuinely relate to because i've been there another thing i want this podcast to be a documentation of my different perspectives i adopt throughout my early 20s like i want to look back on this podcast and be able to pick my brain apart and go wow that was a very significant moment in my life or like wow i can't believe i thought that way at some point like i want to look back on myself and see the evolution of not only me but all the guests that i have on my podcast i'm gonna have episodes that are just me and then other episodes where i invite people on and they can share their perspectives on self-improvement because everyone also has their own journey and this is a space to just play around with different perspectives you might hear something on this podcast and be like i actually don't resonate with that but i resonate with the message of this podcast and that is that self-improvement is a lifelong journey you're never going to know everything so you might as well embrace that you are an imbecile in some ways you are by nature subjected to the same psychological phenomena that limits humans from deeper introspection and growth and so in this podcast we're going to be going into those different psychological phenomena and also talking about my own experiences with self-improvement but let's just hit all the cognitive biases so first off let's talk about confirmation bias confirmation bias is when your brain seeks out information that confirms beliefs you already have it's like kids believe in santa so they automatically assume that because the cookies are gone from the plate that means that santa ate them but we experience confirmation bias i'd say on a day-to-day basis and i also think it goes even deeper in confirming our beliefs that we are unconscious of including deep-rooted beliefs about our reality and self-concept we are naturally prone to confirming those beliefs through what we experience and so i'm going to share a quick story on my own experience with confirmation bias when it comes to self-improvement i was about 16 years old when i first got into self-improvement and i have to admit it wasn't in the most i want to be the best version of myself type of way the reason i got into self-improvement was because i was so sick of myself and hated my life so much that i wanted to be perceived better by others i initially got into self-improvement not for myself but to be perceived as an improved version of myself by others so a lot of my self-improvement naturally happened to be performative because i wanted to look confident i wanted to look like the it girl i wanted to look better than i actually felt about myself which hindered me in a number of ways throughout school i had a really difficult time making friends so i developed this belief that i am an outsider and i don't fit in and this belief was my self-concept at the time so therefore it showed in my reality every time someone didn't invite me to something or wasn't outwardly happy towards me or inviting i would interpret it as they didn't like me i don't belong and i am not worthy despite the fact that it was up to me to also put an effort towards meeting people i wasn't going to any events i didn't join any sports i didn't participate in anything in high school because i had such bad anxiety and so my belief my self-concept about myself that i am an outsider and that you know nobody likes me confirmed 
my reality because I was literally not making friends. I was not putting myself in situations where I would meet people and I was mad at the world despite the fact that it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. There was this wound of like, I'm not good enough and that turned into, I need to be better. So I got into self-improvement and I started improving myself, but not for myself. I did it because I felt like I wasn't good enough. Therefore, I need to be good enough for other people. Therefore, I need to fix myself. I need to become this version of myself that other people enjoy. My perception of myself became solely dependent on whether people accepted me or discarded me. And so this started a cycle of self-shame where I would try to prove myself to people. Be my friend, be loyal to me, and if you're not loyal to me, I'm gonna get very angry and I'm gonna be mad at you. Was it toxic? Yes. Was it immature? Yes. Was I hurt? Yes. And despite the fact that I had this idea that I was improving myself, was it actually helping me improve? No. That perspective of like, I am a project that needs to be fixed was actually limiting me in so many different ways, despite the fact that I was doing all the improvement things. I was journaling twice a day. I was doing the meditations. I was doing the yoga, the workouts, the smoothies, the diet. Why am I doing all these things for myself, but it doesn't even feel like I'm doing it for myself? Because I'm not. I'm doing it because I don't like myself and I think I'm not good enough. And so when you have that belief of I'm not good enough, nothing you do self-improvement wise will ever be enough. You'll be in constant search of this better version of yourself, not realizing that that version of you is right in the present moment and you must accept yourself who you are right now. You can't hate yourself into a version you love. So that's something that really, really struck me about self-improvement. And I felt like all of the podcasts, even though they were giving advice that was good advice. I interpreted the advice wrong because of the fact that I was wounded, because of the fact that I didn't want to turn inward and look at myself and look at the belief that's actually corrupting that advice. So this podcast is not going to be easy for you because I'm going to make you look at yourself. Sometimes you don't want to take certain advice because it threatens a part of your identity. And that's okay. Sometimes you're not ready to let that part of you go. But once you're aware that a belief of yours is not serving you, it is a disservice for you to not look to heal it. It is a disservice to you to keep going down that path of denial and self-sabotage. But hold on, I want to talk about that for a second. Like the idea that if you're not in a right state of mind when you hear certain advice, you are bound to misinterpret it. You are bound to mishear and misread what this person is trying to tell you because that happened to me so much when I was, you know, reading a book or viewing a podcast. I would interpret it as, you know, oh, this person just thinks they're better than me when in reality, I just thought they were better than me because I didn't like myself. My brain was in constant competition mode because I was taught growing up to devalue myself and to feel like I would need to be in competition with everyone. Like we have to look at ourselves or else we're gonna be stuck in the same coping mechanisms and survival mode that we've been in for our entire life. Looking at ourselves is how we move into the next level. And looking at yourself includes acknowledging that you were unaware you were an imbecile. You didn't know. Embrace the fact that you didn't know. You're not meant to know everything. That's why it's called learning. Forgive yourself for what you did when you were unaware. Genuinely, genuinely take a second to just like soak all that in. 
I just said a lot. And so what really broke me out of this pattern of misinterpreting advice was honestly running into so many walls, like wall after wall after wall, failing so many times with different perspectives that I finally got it. Self-improvement is not a chore. Self-improvement isn't a competition. And my own conditioning of almost having to perform and act like this better version of myself to others hindered me from actually being that better person for myself. I do really, really good and then I'd self-sabotage because I felt like I wasn't getting the results I wanted because the results I wanted were based on other people's perception of me. And I could not change that. I can't change how I'm being perceived. All I can change is how I perceive myself. And if what I'm doing is good enough for me, then I'm enough. Seriously, like, if what you are doing is good enough for you, fuck other people's opinion, you are enough. The next psychological bias I'm going to talk about is the Dunning-Kruger effect, and this is where we essentially overestimate our own knowledge. We act like we know more than we really do. What's fascinating to me is most people can acknowledge that we are all only limited to our own perspective, but when it comes to self-improvement, everyone's very stuck in their ways. There's so many people in the comments, you know, like, well, this didn't work for me. It's like, that's okay. It's okay that it didn't work for you. Play around with different perspectives. It's not supposed to be objective truth. It is so subjective when it comes to self-improvement. What works for you is not going to work for everyone. And that's okay. That's genuinely okay. But when it comes to the Dunning-Kruger effect, I think it's so fascinating because we overestimate our knowledge online when it comes to self-improvement. You know, people on podcasts act like they are at this point in life where they know everything about self-improvement. And that's simply incorrect. You know, people demonize others for the way they choose to live their life when in reality, everyone's living a different life. Everyone's on their own path. I'm going to make an entire podcast episode about this, but self-improvement is marketing online. Okay, so when people talk about self-improvement online, they're also selling you this idea that you can improve yourself and that you can improve yourself specifically through their method. You know, they'll sell a course, they'll sell a book, anything, you name it. But self-improvement is marketed to people who are in a vulnerable position. Not to say that these courses or books don't have valuable information. They do. I love me a good self-improvement book. However, it's important to look at who's selling you the self-improvement. You know, most of the time you look at this person and they're a millionaire and they're like, how to be a millionaire by 18 whole time their entire family's rich. Certain advice isn't going to be applicable to everyone. And so when it comes to people coming online and talking about self-improvement, due to the Dunning-Kruger effect, everyone overestimates their knowledge online. I'd also like to add that more people are posting on social media about self-improvement. And because of how fast-paced social media is, it promotes people to share their emotions before they fully realize them. Social media also preys off of our natural instinct to be short-sighted and reactionary. So you might see something online and immediately want to respond to it, or you might feel an emotion. And because people are oversharing about their emotions online nowadays, you immediately want to post about it. But what I've noticed with myself is what I initially feel usually isn't what I want to share. And to do deep work, I had to really detach myself from social media for a while because it hindered me in the long term because I was sharing self-improvement realizations I was having before I fully realized them. Like, this can't just be me. Sometimes I go on social media and I see the narratives that people are posting to themselves and other people reposting that narrative. And it's like, I wish they just dug a little bit deeper. It's like a self-improvement narrative, but it's so marketable that people adopt 
flipped it and they twist it into something different. There's this black and white thinking pattern that often shows up on social media, especially when it comes to disputes with people, you know, relationships or friendships ending. It's like, they're the villain and I'm the hero. They're the narcissist and I'm the empath. And it's so much deeper than that. And that goes back to the Dunning-Kruger effect of like people assuming they know more than they actually do, you know? You think that you're the hero in this situation, but if you just dug a little bit deeper, you'd see that you participated in your own suffering. You participated in the situation. You gave when you shouldn't have gave. How can you learn from those experiences genuinely? And we're going to be going into so many of these topics in my other episodes, so don't worry about any of that. This was just a preface of why I started this podcast. My own process of growth is I often adopt and reject certain perspectives. So I'll adopt a perspective for a certain period of time, and then when that perspective stops working for me. When I see it hinders me more than helps me, I'll let go of that perspective. And there's also an aspect of like trusting in divine timing that you will become aware of when a situation or a perspective is no longer working for you. Trust that you become aware of something exactly when you need to be aware of it. Because I'm going to be real with you guys, sometimes when I'm doing shadow work, a trauma will come up and I'll be like, oh my god, I wish I realized this sooner. I could have saved myself so much time. I didn't handle myself correctly in that situation. I wish I would have done this different. I'll go into a shame spiral. And one thing I've really been working on is kind of dismantling that shame spiral and just being like, I became aware of it. Thank you for awareness. Genuinely thanking the universe for this awareness because it really is a gift. Because when you finally become aware of something, the only thing left to do is heal it. The only thing left to do is untangle that perspective in your brain and realize, wow, I can't believe I was holding on to that shit for so long and you let it go. Even when it hurts, especially when it hurts. Like, that's so important to do that with yourself. And if you're doing that, I'm so proud of you. And the last thing I'm going to say, accept and acknowledgement of where you're at is such a necessary part of the journey. I said this before, but I'll say it one more time. Improvement is a lifelong journey. You must accept that and also learn how to look at yourself and your own biases you have and go, maybe this isn't the way I want to think anymore. Maybe I want to reject this perspective. Maybe I want to start over and not do things for other people and instead have my self-improvement journey be more for myself. Every time I thought I knew shit about self-improvement, the universe would humble me so fast fast and go you don't know shit. So I'm accepting that I don't know shit and I'm an imbecile. With that being said, thank you so much for tuning into the Improvement for Imbeciles podcast. Again, I'm your host, Natalie, and stay stupid, everyone.